listening to the Red Wave Report. The number one rated Fresno State podcast. The official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. And now for National Signing Day coverage, here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Reek, and I'm being joined by my co-host, Mr. Lorenzo Reyna. Lorenzo, how you doing today? You know, there's something about that music, Lucio, that makes me just want to get up of my chair and, you know, just start start getting down. <laughs> it is a catchy tune. <laughs> I mean, hey, but, uh, you know, we we're, we had to kind of take our a week off, so, you know, relax a little bit after National Signing Day since there was a lot of coverage to be done. And uh, how, how are you recovering, Lorenzo? Uh, well, I was in exile for a week, but, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. And you know what? It was... It was definitely one of the more busier times for both Lucio, myself, Jackson Moore, but you know the three of us together. I mean, we we really, really came together, showed a lot of cohesion, and you know, I really hope that Fresno State fans out there are really pleased with the coverage of Fresno State's recruiting scene because, again, it was definitely one of the more busier times for for the three of us, and you know, we're still trying to fill each other out, but you know. I mean, we're real proud about the interest that we've gotten. The um, and you know, Lucio's going to get into like some of the web hits and some of the uh, the numbers from from recently. But you know, I'm very proud of the Barkboard team for what they were able to pull out. Well, National Signing Day uh, turned out to be one of the busiest uh, days for the Barkboard.com. We ended up getting the most hits within the last four years, I believe. So making us the place to go to get all your Fresno State news. And, uh, you know, we want to thank all of the fans for that because it ended up being our our biggest day since we've been here. Yeah. And, you know, Lucio, myself, Jackson, you know, we've, we've been a dynamic trio. Now, we may not be Bill Biv DeVoe or any, like, popular trios, but, you know, we, we do well enough to work hand in hand and, you know, just provide the best content that you guys are looking for. And we are going to continue to bring you all of the latest news and updates for Fresno State Athletics as we get them. Uh, you know, now that we know what our standard is, we're going to try to outdo ourselves this upcoming season. So, uh, again, if you are not a premium subscriber, now would be the time to do it uh, so that you can stay up to date with all of the latest news and behind the scenes uh, coverage that we're able to get throughout the year. And, um, and I guess with that, Lorenzo, we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. You know, at the beginning of the podcast, we said this is our National Signing Day coverage podcast, and we are going to be going over the list of recruits that Fresno State was able to land uh, this past recruiting class. It was a short period, but they were able to put together a, a good quality list. I mean, what do you think, Lorenzo? They were able to put together something of very short amount of time. Absolutely. And it's one thing a star prospect, especially if you were one in 11 from this past year. Fresno State got 14, 14 guys who were listed as a three-star by scout.com. 
it goes to show you not only the recruiting efforts and the recruiting background of Jeff Tedford, but having guys like a Tony Tuiati, a Jamie Christian, and a J.D. Williams just, I mean, just hit the ground running, build a net around these kids to make sure that they were going to lure them in. And, you know, there was some definite surprises, especially on our end, and we'll get to them in a little bit, not only from the Juco realm, but also Fresno State landing to, managing to land a USC, former USC commit, I should say. Yeah, and so this class was actually a very good one, and we're going to go ahead and start knocking some of these down. We're not going to go review every single player because this would turn out to be a, a two-hour podcast, and we like to keep these uh, at a manageable time. So and Lucio and I will fall asleep, unfortunately. <laughs> so we're going to do our best to kind of break down some of these key players that Fresno State was able to land. And so first up on the list, we're going to start off with Earl Chambers. He was a surprise commit that wasn't really on our radar as far as the Bark Board was concerned. Uh, we only found out about him on signing day. And so, Lorenzo, why don't you go ahead and break down Earl Chambers here a little bit for us. So here was the scenario with Chambers. He was getting courted late by Cincinnati and East Carolina, two American Athletic Conference schools. He decides to stay in the 559 and choose Fresno State. What this means for the Bulldogs is this. You get a guy who's six foot two, 195 pounds, has plenty of speed and range. He's going to be one of those much-needed ball hawks Fresno State was missing from a year ago. Yeah, and, and they're, they're obviously trying to, to bolster that uh, defensive backfield. Uh, you know, This was a point of emphasis for this recruiting class, adding a number of DBs. And Chambers comes in as a safety, and I believe that's probably where he's going to end up playing uh, once the dust settles on the recruiting class, don't you think? Yeah, because you know what? Chambers was... Um Chambers was predominantly a safety at Merced Junior College, and I'm sure his natural position in high school was safeties. And one other thing about Merced is that it's traditionally a good breeding ground for DBs. It wasn't that long ago they produced highly touted national recruit Devron Davis, who's now playing at Texas San Antonio, but collected over 30 offers. Yeah, so you know, definitely can see the 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 trend that Fresno State was trying to to do here. And, you know, we'll see what happens as uh, time gets closer to spring practice. Uh, we'll kind of figure out where some of these players are going to land and if they have a shot at cracking the starting lineup. The next player on the list was Daniel Moraga, uh, a tight end out of Pacific High, Pacifica High School in Oxnard, California. And this one was a great get for the Bulldogs, don't you think, Lorenzo? Absolutely. You know what? I have a feeling that this could be a big-time steal for Fresno State. Moraga was courted by Hawaii, also was courted by a number of SCS schools. It came down to Fresno State in Idaho, from what he told me. But big body type at six foot three, 205 pounds, he's going to eventually grow into his frame. But the one thing that really sticks out to me about Moraga, not so much his route running, but just his level of concentration with catching the football – especially going against that, that murderous Ventura County slate down there because in the 805 region, Ventura County is usually like the deepest region when it comes to high school football. And Moraga came out an all-CIF competitor at Pacifica High. 
Yeah, so Moraga is no slouch. He's going to be able to come in and compete right away for a, a position on the tight end, uh, on you know, for a starting position for the tight end position. And uh, I don't know. He, he looks like he's going to be the type of player that's going to be one of those uh, work in progress that's going to turn out to be one of the highlights of this recruiting class. I will add one more thing, Lucio. I felt like when I look back at a number of recruits Fresno State tried to get under Tim DeRuiter, I just not to not to say anything like really really harsh, but I just felt like that that dog that that nastiness was was missing out of some of these kids. Moraga to me it looks like a guy Pat Hill and Jim Sweeney would have been all over, and now Tedford's trying to bring in guys like that. Yeah, so it, it's definitely going back to the those old days of, of bringing in some players with a little bit of nastiness to them, and Moraga definitely fits the bill on that one. So moving on with our list, well, another player Fresno State landed was T.J. Mauga, defensive end out of Churchill uh, County High School in Fallon, Nevada. So that's definitely going to be a good add for the Bulldogs there. Also, they signed uh, D.J. DeGru, I believe. Uh, Damien, De- Damien DeGruy, but he was one of the guys who was courted by Tony Tuiati. He has a Louisiana pipeline. Damien DeGruy, tight end out of West Jefferson High School, Harvey, Louisiana. So that one that one was kind of one that kind of jumped out as, at us at the last second, and I believe that one was done by Tuiati, was the, play, uh, the coach who was able to kind of foster that relationship. Um, next on the list, uh, Aaron Mosby, Sanger High School, uh, and definitely, you know, he's a wide receiver, but also played safety during high school. And I believe this one's going to be this. This one's most intriguing because it sounded like Tedford was really high on uh, Mosby. And you know, what do you think, Lorenzo? Well, I will say this. I mean, if I know you've been to Sanger, you know how electric that football atmosphere is. One of the things that Nico Mata mentioned online is that when you get a kid from Sanger and he plays at Bulldog Stadium, not only does the family come out, but the whole city of Sanger comes out. So it's going to definitely boost the ticket sales. But as far as Mosby's concerned, considering the fact that he played in an offense that doesn't really emphasize throwing the football, he was still that big red zone target that Sanger needed to add that other dimension. Now, I'm starting to wonder, even though he's he's listed as a receiver, I'm starting to wonder if maybe he might give safety a try because, you know, at six foot three hundred and ninety-five pounds, he'd be an extremely beneficiary, not only as a free safety, but inside that red zone and trying to cover those tall wide receivers in the Mountain West. And I, I believe, you know, you are correct. Fresno State is actually going to be using Mosby as more of a uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, from what I can tell, they're going to be bringing him in at the safety position. And he definitely has the build and frame for it. Uh, you know, I, I got a chance to see him quite often over at Sanger. And Mosby is is an impressive specimen when you stand next to him. Um, I kind of felt a little undersized when I, every time I got a chance to talk to him. So, uh, but uh, Mosby is definitely going to be one of those players that they're going to try to groom at that safety position on Fresno state. Uh, next player that Fresno state was able to land was Zane Pope cornerback out of Moore park high school. Uh, and you know, that's going to be a great addition to those DBs that we were talking about. Um, but 
Moving on, uh, next on the list is Cyrus Tuatelli, an offensive tackle out of Pleasant Valley High School in Chico, California. And Fresno State is doing what they can to bolster that offensive line, and Tuatelli is definitely going to be a great addition to that. Um, another offensive lineman, uh, and that's Tupa. Uh, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that first name. <laughs> Pesa, Pesa. Pesa Tupa. Okay, there we go. So yeah, it's, it's Peso, but with an A, so Pesa. <laughs> so it's Pesa Tupa, offensive tackle out of College of San Mateo. And Fresno State was definitely uh, looking to the Ju- the JUCO ranks to kind of fill in the gaps. And they, they, I believe they picked up a good one there that should be able to add depth right away to the offensive line. And then another uh, offensive lineman, this one out of Canada, and that's Mark... Bine Ami, I want to say that. Mark David Bine Ami, if I you know get my French correct. Uh offensive guard out of Mont Morris Montmorency College out of Laval, Quebec. And that one's We need to work on our French. That's de- <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely we need to work on our French. Uh, oh yeah. I have, a, I have a gut feeling that this is we're gonna see more kids from Quebec from Quebec. Oh, I need to work on my French. Too. I'm gonna have a hard time all season long if I have to say that name uh, quite often. So uh, yeah. that's one. That one's gonna be an intriguing add to Fresno State. Uh, you know, it's a big boy at six four, three hundred and forty five pounds. And Tedford actually hinted at the fact that he is probably a lot bigger than that. So he probably is closer pushing to about 370. So that one's going to be interesting to see. And then the next player on the list is Wylan Free, a uh, cornerback out of Linwood High School, Linwood, California. And uh, Lorenzo, you're you're pretty high on this, this edition. Wylan Free previously was committed to USC. And so what's your thoughts on, on this uh, addition to the Bulldogs? I, I love this move. I mean, you, we talked about trying to bolster the secondary who better than to help bolster the secondary than with a guy like Free? I mean, he's one of those like typical inner city like L.A. kids. I mean, scrappy, feisty, doesn't back down from challenges. I know um, his club coaches, Cordell Knox and James Finley, were very high on Free throughout the whole recruiting process. And one other tidbit as well, Free comes from Lidwood, California. Guess who also comes from Lidwood? Jeff Tedford. And and so there's that, there's that connection being made there already. So... Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see just exactly, um, you know, how Wyland Free is going to fit into this uh, into this recruiting class. I have a feeling that he's going to be challenging right away for a starting position on the the Bulldogs secondary. And uh, I don't know. The, the secondary is looking pretty good going into spring ball. And uh, only time will tell once we get out there to kind of see just what Fresno State is was able to land. Uh, and see if some of these guys are going to be able to kind of break into that uh, uh, that the, the starting role. And I believe Free is coming in late. He's going to be coming in as a f- in the fall, don't you think, Lorenzo? I, I think that's how it's going to happen there. Yeah, I believe he's going to be an August edition. So once we're able to kind of, uh, in the spring, able to kind of evaluate what the Bulldogs have already, and then once Free comes in, we should be able to kind of get an idea as to where free lands as far as the depth chart and uh, kind of break that down for you guys. Um, moving on, and the next player on the list that Fresno State was able to land and it was, a, I believe, is going to be a huge land was, you know, Richard Cage, uh, offensive um, outside linebacker out of Eleanor Roosevelt High School in Corona, California. And I believe that that's going to be a big addition 
to the Bulldogs. Yeah, same here. I mean, he was courted by some Pac-12 schools, and he chose Fresno State. Yeah, so that one, I believe, is going to be a good, good addition. So hopefully they'll get that linebacking core back up to the standards that once was the bread and butter of the Fresno State defense. Um, next on the list, Dante Bull, another offensive guard, offensive lineman, out of Belmont Secondary, Victoria, British Columbia, another Canadian player. At least this one we can pronounce. <laughs> it, it's a mouthful, but you know you, you nailed it. So I gotta applaud you. But I love both size, though. I not only love his size, with you at six foot seven, three hundred pounds, a skyscraper like frame, but the guy already runs a five ten forty yard dash. Now, if you're a lineman and you're carrying that weight and you run a five ten forty, that's really good. That means your feet are are off the charts. I mean, it's six foot seven, three hundred pounds. I mean, that's, this is a big boy, and uh, he was uh, after watching a lot of his film. I believe Lorenzo, you got a chance to watch his film too. One thing we noticed, he also lined up at the tight end position, and he can scoot. I mean, he's pretty fast once he has that ball in his hands, uh, and and he's able to mull over those uh, those players that were coming in to make the tackle on him. So maybe maybe DeBoer or Teffer might have some secret plays down the road for Bull. And I also will say this: he supposedly also is a basketball player in the Victoria, British Columbia area, and you know you could kind of tell where he gets his quick feet from. Oh yeah, and and I this is this is one of the players that I'm really high on. Uh, this uh, you know even though relatively under recruited, um, but that's probably due to the fact that you know he comes from across the border, and so um, it's one that um, that probably should have got more uh, you know looks than he did, uh, but. You know, only time will tell once he gets here as to where he's going to fit. But I have a feeling that he could end up being one of those four-year starters, don't you think, Lorenzo? Absolutely. You know what? The more I look at him, Lucio, I feel like I'm looking at a younger version of Bryce Harris, the former left tackle during the Pat Hill days from Tulare Union, who was also a former basketball player, and Harris turned out pretty well. Yeah, so, you know, that's going to be one of those that we're going to keep an eye on, but I, I mean, I'm high on him. Uh, I think he's going to be a great addition once he does arrive on campus. So moving on to the next player on the list, we have Jordan Mims running back at a Menlo Atherton High School uh, in Atherton, California, uh, just to add a little more depth to the running back position that, you know, really needs that. Um, And then moving on, there's Zelen Tupuola, uh, another offensive lineman out of J. Sarah Catholic High School uh, in San Juan Capistrano. And, uh, you know, the, the dogs are doing what they can to make sure they get that offensive line back to where it needs to be. So they keep adding a number of players. Um, next player on the li- list is Darian. Is it Darian Grimm or Deron Grimm? Deron. Deron Grimm, a wide receiver out of San Joaquin Delta. And, uh, you know, they're they're adding the JC players. And, you know, this is another one of those Juco players that is going to come in and try to uh, really compete for a starting spot. And another thing to keep in mind is that Grimm was a former Nebraska commit. Yeah. Uh, so it's another one of those quality uh, additions, I believe, that's going to really come in and, and really help out. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they did a good job with a short amount of time. This Grimm was... Probably a, a real decent land for the Bulldogs there. Another offensive lineman on the list, Kiero Woodley, 
uh, out of you know Fresno City, who previously signed with the Deruder uh, coaching staff, but ended up ultimately landing at Fresno City to uh, get some classes squared away in order to come back to Fresno State. He is now back on Fresno State's uh, recruiting class. And moving forward after that, you've got Matthew Boateng, the cornerback out of Arizona Western. Um, again, another player just to shore up the, the defensive backs. Then you've got Emeka Doa. I believe that's how you said to pronounce his name right. Mm-hmm. Emeka, Emeka Doe. Emeka Doe. Uh, an offensive, not offensive, an outside linebacker uh, from De Anza, uh, you know, 6'2", 256. Another good addition, you know. They- and not only that, real quick on on Doe, he's a local product as well. He not only played at Hanford, but also spent some time at Emmanuel. Now it looks like they're adding plenty of size, don't you think, Lorenzo? As far as the uh, the defense and offensive line, I mean, uh, short of I'm looking at this list as we're going through it. Uh, I probably see only maybe one or two players that is under six foot tall. So. They definitely went with some size in this recruiting class, didn't they? Definitely. So, um, moving forward, next player on the list. You know, this is probably one of your favorite ones that Fresno State was able to land, and that's Ronnie Rivers, son of a Fresno State great Ronald Rivers, um, out of Freedom High School in Oakley, California. And Lorenzo, go ahead and break this one down. Legacy commit, and you know what? I feel like that you're looking at a faster version of his famous father at Fresno State. And so many things to like about Rivers' game. Not only his ability to shake defenders, but also catch out of the backfield. But here's another tidbit to keep in mind. He played in the same league that has the Alabama commit, Najee Harris. And it was Ronnie Rivers who actually won the MVP honors over Harris, over at Freedom High. Yeah, and this is definitely going to be one of those that's going to be uh, a great addition. I mean, he runs pretty hard with his pads low, uh, even for his size. I mean, he's he's undersized as uh, according to this class that's coming in uh, at five foot eight. I, you know, he might be a little bit taller than than what we have, you know, here. In I'm sure records. he'll eventually grow, but you know, again, this is a fine addition, and I mean, perhaps nobody was more happier than his father because I remember his dad was really on pins and needles wondering if his son was going to play for a rival school from Fresno State. Yeah, I mean, this this was kind of a, a surprise that the uh, previous coaching staff was really not on him from the beginning. Uh, but when Tedford came in, he made it a priority to reach out to uh, Ronnie Rivers, probably one of his first players that he reached out to to, to come on board with the Fresno State Bulldogs and ended up... Uh, Ended up ultimately landing here, so it's it's gonna, only time will tell as to how he's going to fit into this to this uh, uh, offense. Um, but once he comes in, we should be able to get a kind of a clearer picture as to the caliber of player uh, that he's going to be once he arrives on campus. Um, the next player on the list Fresno State got uh, to sign was. Gunner Javernick, Gunner Javernick, again another tongue twister, um, a tight end uh, from Ventura College, and uh, you know Ventura College is becoming a pipeline for Fresno State, Lorenzo. And how important is that going to be moving forward for them to continue that pipeline with Ventura College? That seems like is going to be a good one if they can keep it going. 
Well, you know what? I mean, it only makes sense because here's what you have to um, consider. Jeff Tedford and Steve Mushagan has been friends for a good number of years. They're rekindling that relationship. They want Ventura College to build that pipeline, that bridge between them and Fresno State. And, you know, you're already seeing Javernick come on board. You also got Grant Buma, Brian Burt, also from Ventura College. And, you know, I've had plenty of conversations with Mushagan and with a number of Ventura College coaches, they're making it known that, you know what, Fresno State's going to get some of our players and and we're going to definitely push our players out to Fresno State. Hence why they've extended the invite to go to their games, which I plan to do this coming fall. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting if Fresno State is able to continue that that uh, pipeline going. They've got a number of players that have uh, have are going to be coming from Ventura College in this recruiting class. And if they can just continue to keep that going, um, it should develop into a nice pipeline of players uh, that could continue to come in and fill the void whenever needed. Um, But moving on with the recruiting class, the next player on the list, and that's uh, Jorge Reyna, a quarterback out of West Los Angeles. And uh, Lorenzo, this addition with him... Obviously, for Reyna to come in is going to be one uh, that uh, uh, they're looking for him to compete right away for that starting position. And, you know, other than him not being related to you, what more can you tell us about him? <laughs> you answered that, that for me. I was getting ready to say, now for my, my daily disclaimer, I am not related to Jorge Reyna. Well, you know, but, I, I thought I had to throw that out there because I know there's yeah, going to be people who are going to say the same you. thing. I'm glad you look out for me. But here's the thing about Reyna that I do noticing that does stick out the guy found a way to improve his game I felt like when I look when I look back at his first year at the JC level I felt like he was kind of relying a little bit more on his rollout ability and its plays outside the pocket I felt like that dynamic changed a lot when I saw his sophomore film now how much that he could carry that over into into the the fall practices for Fresno State, or I believe he's a spring guy. Uh, yes, no, actually, he's already on campus. Yeah, okay, so, so he is yeah. on campus, so he is going to practice the spring. How much that carries over in the spring can really dictate if he's going to be the guy moving forward and taking the uh, the reins for the Tefer regime. And I mean, I know that you're going to hear this comparison a lot, but I'm going to throw this out there though. Jeff Tefer's very first quarterback commit or. One of the first early quarterbacks, Jeff Tefford Pilford, was a guy from Butte College and Aaron Rodgers. Now he has this guy for the JC ranks in Jorge Reyna. Yeah, and uh, that's going to be it's going to be huge if he's able to kind of uh, you know identify talent like he did with Aaron Rodgers, and he feels really good about Reyna. Then you really have to listen about Reyna coming in and and really competing for that starting position. There's really no reason for him to bring in another Juco player unless he felt that he could actually compete right away and uh, insert himself as the starting quarterback. Now, with the addition of Reyna, there should be, from what Tedford told us, there's going to be six quarterbacks on campus once the season starts. So, um, And he still doesn't like where they stand as far as scholarship quarterbacks because six quarterbacks is with walk-ons as well, but he wants at least one more scholarship quarterback on the roster. And we're, we're trying to keep an eye on that to see if that's going to happen because they did end up having an extra scholarship left 
and we'll see if maybe they pull a trigger on someone else to add to this recruiting class. But uh, you know, we, we haven't heard of anything yet. But Lorenzo, I mean, what do you what do you make of it? He says he says he still would like one more scholarship quarterback on the roster. I mean, does he not feel comfortable with what he has so far, or what? What do you think? I, I think it's a deaf issue, but you know what, Lucio? I mean. I'm not one to, you know, like try to spread a rumor, but I wouldn't doubt that maybe, just maybe, there's some rumblings inside that locker room that indicates that somebody's a quarterback is going to bolt, is going to transfer. Maybe that's why, in the back of Tiffer's mind, he's going to add one more. I don't, I don't know. I mean, if everyone stays on campus, uh, you know, there there's six quarterbacks there. You know, each of them everyone on the on the roster wants to start so uh, for them to kind of stick around probably what's going to end up happening is they're going to they're going to compete uh and then get a feel for where they stand with this coaching staff and once they kind of figure out what where they are kind of on the pecking order then that's when we'll probably start to see some of the rumblings and and maybe some of those rumors of a quarterback wanting to transfer out so we'll definitely keep an eye on that one uh, but as of right now, everyone is still on campus. Everyone is still on this uh, this roster and has not left as, to our knowledge. So we'll keep an eye on that once we see uh, what's going on in spring practice. Um, but, uh, you know, the next player on the list that was on there, Patrick June. Oh, Patrick June. I, I always I always want to say it some French way. I don't know why. Probably it's because of the way it's spelled. But our French is terrible. I mean, that's our problem. <laughs> it's it's probably because of the way it, it, it's spelled. So I want to say it kind of like with a little French accent, but that's never going to work. Um, so Patrick June, wide receiver out of Morningside High School, Inglewood, California, the lone holdover from the uh, Deruder era. So that one, I mean, are you surprised by this, Lorenzo, that he's ended up being the only player left over? I'm shocked because, you know, I mean, granted, yeah, when there's coaching turnover, we, we've seen it all too well that, unfortunately, the the, uh, the original commit, commits don't stay on board and either the coaching staff will pull the scholarship or maybe they grew too close to the original regime and decided that it was time to pursue other interests. But, you know, credit to June for sticking it out with Fresno State. Guys like Kirby Moore, Jeff Tefford, um, maybe even Scott Thompson, since he recruited out in that area uh, as well. They made it known to June is like, you know what? We like your game a lot. We think you could be dynamic in our offense. So we want you to stay on board with us. And, you know, Maybe that's what was sold June at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we were looking at this list and we were wondering just how long, uh, you know, these players were going to stay committed from the uh, Deruder era. Uh, one player that was we thought was still going to be on this this signing class I, and ended up leaving was Mark Sanchez or not Sanchez, Mark Salazar. Um, out of San Diego, he ended up trading the Bulldog Red for the San Diego State uh, uniform. So that one took us a little bit by surprise there towards the end. But, you know, we had an inkling that that might happen should it come to down to that uh, final decision. Um, but moving on, the what the only players left now are players that are, are going to be walking on to Fresno State that uh, were ultimately offered 
a walk-on spot and a first off Brent Bailey and uh you know out of Clovis North I mean what do you think Lorenzo this is a this is a, a another legacy move for Fresno State to uh, to go ahead and offer Brent Bailey a spot on this uh, Bulldog roster. I was actually really impressed with Bailey's game when I saw him in my film room. I mean, he did look a lot like Christian Rossi. And, you know, there's maybe something about Clovis North where they like getting those guys who can make plays outside of the pocket but still chuck it down the field. Bailey definitely has those traits. And, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious, and I'm sure that Dad can agree with this, it seems like Bailey has a lot more athleticism. Granted, like I don't really remember like watching the dad play, but I know he was a pocket guy. But you know, Bailey does come with that that athletic edge. So you never know. Maybe he's a guy who could surprise, especially with the famous bloodlines that he has. <laughs> yeah. So you know, Bailey being able to come in and 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 get a spot on this roster, and then ultimately having a chance to to kind of show what he can do and maybe possibly land somewhere on the on the depth chart for Fresno State at some point. You know, it, it, it's a great opportunity for him, and he was excited uh, about that opportunity to join the Bulldogs. And I ended up doing an interview with him, so if you haven't checked that out, you can head over to thebarkboard.com, and that interview there has been posted, um, a video interview with Brent Bailey, and he discussed his his overall experience with his visit here to Fresno State, and uh, you know just exactly how excited he is about being able to come in and compete for for the Bulldogs, um, you know. But you know it's it's a solid addition for Fresno State to add some depth onto that roster for the quarterback position. Um, but the last few players that were left that are, have been given an, a walk on opportunity, you've got Grant Boma. Uh, inside linebacker out of Ventura College. Uh, you've got Brian Burt, running back out of Ventura College. There's that Ventura pipeline we were talking about, Lorenzo, uh, that's going to could end up becoming something big for the Bulldogs. Um, then you've got Clayton Alexander, tight end out of Clovis High. Uh, uh, you know, a real fan favorite here in the Clovis area for the Clovis High Cougars. And then last but not least, you got Namani Parker, wide receiver out of American River Community College, uh, who's going to be coming in as a walk-on position as well. And so other than that, Lorenzo, were there any surprises for you on this recruiting class that came in? The only ones I could probably think of is Chambers at the last minute, um, Salazar being that last-minute flip, although a part of me kind of felt as if, like, Maybe Salazar was kind of falling out of favor or he had a falling out with this this current Fresno State staff compared to the last regime. But, you know, overall, I mean, I know I know you don't win you you don't this you don't win titles or you don't win games in the months of February unless you're playing in a Super Bowl. But in college football terms, it's like you you worry more about your wins and losses in the months of September, October, November, also December if you make that bowl game push. But if you're a Fresno State fan and you follow this recruiting class pretty extensively, you have to be convinced. You have to be convinced that Fresno State is indeed moving in the right direction. Now, at this point, the pressure's on. Not only is the pressure on these players who are coming in to perform right away and turn the tide of this program, the pressure is on Tedford and his staff to develop these guys right away because Fresno State fans, they 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 don't like looking at an, another one in an 11 year or a three and nine year or 
they feel like that what happened in the Deruta regime is now under a headstone, and they want to move forward from that. And now these are the guys who gets to help Fresno State move forward. Uh, yeah, and it's going to, and uh, like we said, it was an impressive recruiting class for the time given for this coaching staff. Can you only imagine what they are able, what they're going to be able to accomplish uh, once they have a full year under their belt? Uh, I mean, Lorenzo, what do you think? I mean, with more time, can this uh, can this class that's coming in be outdone by this coaching staff? Well, here's the thing, Lucio. It's like the way I look at it is this: I I feel like I judge schools more. By year three, when it comes to recruiting classes, because I understand that when freshmen come in, there's that adjustment period, adjusting to the playbooks, adjusting to the coaching staff, adjusting to the college atmosphere in general. So I tend to give two to three years for for these for for these recruiting classes to buy some time. But, you know, the situation for Fresno State is like, you know, I'm sure that deep down inside, they don't want to wait two, three years down the road. They want to start right now. They want to start getting back into bowl games now. If this, if if Fresno State, Lucille, if Fresno State puts itself in a position where by year two or year three they're back in a Mountain West title game, it goes to show you that Tedford knew how to recruit and Tedford brought in the right products because we can't just sit here and say, oh, they're winning because of Tim DeRuiter's leftovers. The Tim DeRuiter leftovers are gone. A majority of them are no longer with the program. So it's now it's a clean slate. It's a team that's going to be filled with guys who are from the Juco rinks, guys who are being brought in by Tedford. Now, one thing we know for certain that this recruiting class uh, pretty much outdid anything that Tim DeRuiter was able to put together. It is a better uh, recruiting class uh, by the by the numbers. If you look on paper, it is a better recruiting class that Tim DeRuiter was able to bring in here at uh, Fresno State. So. We'll see how this pans out once the players uh, get, you know, get putting the pads on and start hitting some people, and w- we get to see how how they do as far as staying on this roster. Because one thing that really plagued the the, the Ruder coaching staff was the attrition of players just leaving the program, and not we're not exactly sure as to all of the reasons why players were leaving. If it was coaching philosophies if it was just trouble in the classroom but there was quite a bit of turnover with the DeRuiter coaching staff and do you think that that problem is going to get resolved with coach uh, Tedford bringing in his staff do you think that trend's going to start getting bucked now I believe so I mean I here's the thing it was a huge huge mess that DeRuiter left behind but you know I've been saying all along I feel like Jeff Tefford's not the perfect hire or the 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 best hire, but to me, he's the right possible hire considering the situation. Because you know what, Tefford went to a Cal program that was down for so many years, was off the heels of a one-win season, and right away, Tefford built that team into a respectable program. Granted, yeah, his Cal teams ended up getting into some trouble, especially from an academic standpoint, but. You know, Tefford still managed to make his magic work in his time at Cal. It's the same scenario with Fresno State. I mean, the program is in shambles. I mean, 111 season, you had some players who got in trouble, notably Zach Greenlee. And then the walk-on player who um, was in the new, almost starting a shooting spree at the Fresno State campus. So, I mean, 
to me, I just feel like that Jeff Teffer is the right possible hire now. I know there's those people out there who are coming out there saying, well, Fresno State should have gone after the hot, fast, rising assistant from the Power 5 ranks and all this other stuff. Well, here's the thing to keep in mind to these people. Tim DeRuiter was considered that hot, rising Power 5 assistant from Texas A&M. And look what turned out. It's better off that Fresno State went after a, a veteran coach who knows Fresno State, who has been in this situation before. I mean, if you're a Fresno State fan, you should truly feel comfortable with this hire. And, and you know what? I agree with you. I mean, there was people out there who were saying that he, they should have went after a, um, a, a a young up and coming coach. But, you know, it's it's not it, it's not the time to do that because this is a program that uh, really got decimated by what the the last coaching staff came in and did. They needed someone to come in and fix it and and right the ship. Now, granted, Tedford is probably not going to be here um you know, for very, you know, a long period of time. I mean, he's up there in age already, but for the time that he's here, he'll be able to come in and get things fixed and get things back on track. Uh, and who knows, possibly one of his assistant coaches could be groomed to becoming the next head coach for Fresno State. And uh, we'll just have to see what, you know, what they're capable of doing once they get in here. Uh, but so far, I'm pleasantly surprised by by both of the uh, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. So I'm kind of interested to see just how well they do this upcoming season. Now, we're not saying they're going to be become a bowl eligible team this upcoming season. Yeah. I, I, I don't the way. Don't I mean, the way happening. I look at it, Lucio, is like if they win five games, it's considered a good year. Oh yeah, yeah. If they win five games, uh, you know, I'll be thrilled. So we'll 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 see what happens. Now, I've heard grades all the way from uh, a, a C plus to an A. What kind of a grade do you give on this recruiting class that they were able to bring in? B plus. I mean, considering the number of three stars and considering the fact that they got a USC commit to flip, they got a guy who was getting quartered by numerous Pac-12 schools and Richard Cage, and then getting a guy like Earl Chambers who was getting courted again by two American athletic conference schools. I would definitely give it a B plus. B plus. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I'm not really ready to give them an A. I'm thinking anywhere from a B to a B plus as far as this recruiting class is concerned. Um, and I believe that Fresno State can put together an even better class with more time. But you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what the what Fresno State is able to do on the field because you know ultimately that's going to uh, you know help or hurt them in the recruiting uh, front. So if they're able to start showing progress. Uh, some of these re- recruits that they're going after are going to start to buy into what Fresno State is trying to put together. But uh, with that being said, Lorenzo, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, it's you know recruiting coverage. Now we're going to get back uh, and back to doing other other items and trying to get things going again because now that the recruiting class is over, the well, I will have I will let people know this. Guess what's this weekend? Passing down. We are officially back on board from February all the way till the May time frame. So, you know, you just might see Red Wave Report make an appearance as well. Yeah, we might we might have to make a trip out to one of these passing down. Now, uh, of course, we're we're going to try to scour uh, you know, as many of the prospects that are out there and trying to see you know 
to gauge exactly what kind of Fresno State interests they're going to have. So, we're, you know, we're going to try and see if we can find a, an angle to kind of cover Fresno State for the Red Wave Report. And then, uh, you know, you know, try to give you more information on that. But, you know, if you want a complete angle, then the Friday Night Football podcast is going to be, you know, completely uncensored as far as that comes as far as we're concerned right Lorenzo? Uncensored. I love it it's gonna be I love it. it's gonna be uncensored we're gonna give you a complete coverage of the high school players that are gonna be attending the passing down challenge once once we get one of these dates on calendar Lorenzo and I will be there in person to kind of put together a podcast live uh covering you know the top prospects in the state of California on the Friday night football podcast and then we'll try to bring some of those we're players so over to the red wave report we're, so. we're gonna be so yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be so colorful, uncensored. <laughs> nah, that's nah, not our style. But uh, again, Lorenzo, I think we'll yeah. go ahead and wrap this one up. So why don't you go ahead and let everybody know how they can get a hold of us. At Red Wave Report on Twitter. Once again, at Red Wave Report on Twitter. Also give us the like on my Facebook page, Red Wave Report. Please, please, please also like the Barkboard Facebook page. We are growing in numbers thanks to our coverage of the recruiting scene. Also give Barkboard a follow on Twitter. Go follow me on Twitter, at LJ underscore Reina. Once again, at LJ underscore Reina. And again, we want to thank everyone who has made this show possible and has made the Barkboard the place to go for all of your Fresno State coverage. If there's anything out there you would like us to, to cover or to do... Please send us a, uh, a message either on the bark board or you can send me an email at redwavereport at gmail.com, redwavereport at gmail.com, and just give us a, a message of what you would like us to go ahead and cover, and we will do our best to try to get it on here. With that being said, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics. So until then, stay dry and we'll see you next time.